Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there and welcome to the Eurogamer Newscast. And this week we're back to talk about the FTC court case against Microsoft discussing the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Joining me as ever, it's Eurogamer's news team. We've got Ed Nightingale. Hello. Victoria Kennedy. Hello. Liv Nahn. Hello. And I'm Tom Phillips. And it's been a big, big week for news in the video game industry. A unique look behind the curtain through court documentation, including emails, internal documents never meant to be seen by the public, looking at Microsoft's working practices, companies that it wants to buy, big CEOs, people whose names we hear all the time, who appear on press conference stages discussing their companies, being put under the spotlight with a light shone in their eyes, trying to defend, uh, or in some cases, say why Microsoft should not be able to buy Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion dollars. Um, it's been a massive week of news, as I said, but let's go back to Monday, talk about um, one of the big things this week we've seen has been discussion of the other studios that Microsoft has wanted to buy in the past before all of this Activision Blizzard acquisition talk kicked off. And it turns out Microsoft has wanted to buy quite a few. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of embraced them and like, hold on a minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was quite a shopping list they had. So we got uh yeah, it was kind of a shopping list. Um a look back at a document, I think it was sort of um looking at ways which these studios would complement the current Microsoft portfolio. A couple of years old, um, but certainly showing that Microsoft was very interested in buying big names such as Sega and Destiny Maker Bungie, which is uh, interesting. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, Hitman developer IO Interactive, Pokemon Go creator Niantic, Hades Studios Supergiant Games, all potential acquisition targets for Microsoft. And I... I don't get the sense that this is entirely surprising, right? I'm not super surprised by it in the sense of, I think I think one of, one of the quotes that they said was um, that they wanted to spend Sony out of out of business or or words to those effects. Um, that was it. Yeah, and that you know Microsoft clearly have deep pockets and can afford to do that. But I guess if you're going to do that, you're going to basically look across everywhere, do your due diligence and work out, okay, who can we buy? Who can we afford? So I'm not surprised that they're looking at everyone, really, because why wouldn't they? If, if, if that's their plan, everyone is on the table. Yeah, this isn't actually like they have made active bids for these companies. They've just had them in a kind of back pocket potential, we'll mull this over, 
situation. So yeah, I, I agree. They you know they are a, a business at the end of the day, obviously, and they need to consider options to keep the business going. So it's not surprising, but I do think it's quite illuminating all the same. And I feel like we haven't heard back from those companies either. So it's all very well Microsoft saying, oh, we were thinking about buying Sega, but yeah. would Sega did, have gone for that? Did Probably. Sega know? <laughs> Is this yeah. news to them? Are they <laughs> Sega reading Eurogamer like, no way. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> they absolutely read our news. <laughs> I think that Microsoft looking around, having its eye on what's out there, potential targets, potential companies which maybe aren't doing so great so their price has been lowered a little bit that's that's their day-to-day right um it's just interesting to see this stuff splashed in the headlines and for it to be yeah basically like a shopping list and that microsoft has the cash in its bank account to go out and consider buying sega which is you know a major third-party publisher there's interestingly no mention in these of, I guess, the other big three, the others in the big three publishers out there. So obviously it's trying to buy Activision Blizzard, but there's no mention in any of the documents that we've seen of an EA purchase or a Ubisoft purchase. Mm, um, but then later this week, just yesterday, as we record this on Thursday, um, we got the information that Microsoft did consider buying Square Enix. Or as you put um, it, Phil's Final Fantasy, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Project Phoenix, it was called. Ed, you are a, I would say, Square Enix fan. Is that fair to Careful. say? <laughs> it's a <shenado. laughs> I wonder where you're going with that. <laughs> You like Square Enix games. You play Square Enix games. I thought you might have ended fan with boy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm sort of not surprised by it, but I really don't think it's something Square Enix would have agreed to. Um, ultimately, well, not ultimately. I think Microsoft have struggled in Japan. Um, to sell Xboxes. And that's because Sony and Nintendo are just so prevalent there that there's very little way that Microsoft can compete. Um, So I'm not surprised that they would therefore say, well, you know what? Screw it. We'll just buy them, Um, (laughs) essentially. Um, Because Sony, uh, Square Enix is is very important to Sony, at least, as we've seen with Final Fantasy XVI exclusive um, and, and a lot of other exclusive games. Um, so I'm not surprised that they would look to that, um, to try and plug the gap. And I think ultimately that's what they're trying to do with these acquisitions is to plug the gaps. Unfortunately, Mm. they have a lot of gaps, but Japan is a particularly big one that they just have really struggled in that market. Um, I just can't see a world where Square Enix would ever agree to that. Because it's Microsoft or just generally? Because it's Microsoft. I think they just have really close relationships with Sony and Nintendo that I can't see. I can't see them choosing. You know, like, like, I mean, if they were going to be acquired by any of them, I just I wouldn't put it on Microsoft at all, yeah. even if they've got the money for it. Square Enix is interesting, isn't it? Because when they divested it themselves of the Western studios a couple of years back, people said at the time, this feels like a shedding of the excess weight in order to get themselves in the right shape for acquisition 
we haven't yeah. seen an acquisition. Square Enix is still obviously an independent company, but if you want to look at what it's doing at the moment, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy sixteen, dare I say it, Foam Stars, none of those games are coming out on Xbox, right? It's it's very heavily now aligned with PlayStation. Um, and when when this came out that Microsoft was looking to buy Square Enix potentially, what's the date of that in comparison to Square Enix selling off its Western studios? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So Square Enix sold Western Studios last year, but I don't know how long that would have been like in the pipeline for. So it sounds like when Microsoft was considering it, it was still very much... Well, I, I, again, I'm not a business person, clearly, but I imagine in my head that Square Enix would have been a full, full-sized full family serving. Clearly, I'm not a business person. I'm losing words. But you know what I mean. <laughs> like I, I'm, I can't imagine the... Embrace a deal, even being in the pipeline when this was a consideration in my head canon. Yeah, there was a line in, because um, the Square Enix stuff is from 2019, right? I think that is the case. Um, yeah, it was. And obviously, as you said, Victoria, it eventually got rid of the Western Studios in 2022. Um, there's a line in the Xbox documents which says that although it's not their immediate reason for owning final fantasy in fact the, the stuff that they care about is final fantasy dragon quest and um the other one <laughs> no one help him let's see how long he goes his name escapes me um <laughs> success with those key franchises could then trickle down into going into the square enix back catalog with stuff like uh deus ex which of course mm. square, enix, square enix no longer owns kingdom hearts is the other okay. one <laughs> i just saw that <laughs> my favorite franchise clearly <laughs> can't get enough of it just every night tom's playing kingdom hearts um going back to sega um i, I mean you can see the same arguments there too obviously a big japanese publisher would have helped yep. microsoft in the region um sonic yakuza as well i think is 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 a bit going to be a big one for them that i would say is one where even though microsoft didn't end up buying sega obviously we have still seen quite a good relationship between those studios right um liv you probably know this more than me but the like a dragon series has lived on game pass for a while yeah and i think at some point last year um they finally got added to PS Plus, but they were on Game Pass before they came to PS Plus. And then the latest one... I was going to say the latest one just got announced. That was during the Xbox showcase, right? Yeah. Because then also at the Xbox showcase were the new Persona games and remakes, which is Atlas, which is published by Sega. So there's that as well. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, plugging that that RPG gap. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? The studios that end up not being owned by a company, but which end up quite aligned with it. And I remember the Square Enix... Um, selling off its Western studios, pondering that speculation that it was going to be bought, and people saying, you know, 
Sony is a big company, but it doesn't have that much um, kind of cash floating around in order to buy these things. It probably makes more sense for Sony just to sign some agreements with Square Enix. So it's this sort of quasi second party, but Sony doesn't need to own it. And Square Enix maybe feels better that it's still independent. I also think, and I know we've said this on the uh, podcast before, but I don't think Sony's going to be making any big acquisitions uh, for a little while, given the um, well, given the fact that we're having this whole week of court hearings, etc., about this Microsoft deal, and Sony is giving evidence, etc., into this about why it shouldn't go forward. So I think if Sony was to suddenly say, "You can't have it," but we're going to acquire Square Enix, like I don't think that would be particularly uh, a good look. I think, I think Microsoft would be pretty- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I can't as much as I think if Square Enix was to be purchased by anyone it would be Sony I don't think that's going to happen for a while if at all it's fascinating to think what from this week is going to be used in future cases of this kind because Microsoft whether it buys Activision Blizzard or not I'm sure will be buying more stuff down the line Sony has bought something like a dozen studios over the past few years. None of them are the same size, but is this, are we, are we seeing with this kind of like a ceiling being put in place for how big games companies can be being bought? Yeah. Mm, it seems that way. On um, Bungie, that was interesting to me because um, there were some reports couple of years back that Bungie was in discussions with Microsoft over a potential sale. Eurogamer had heard about these discussions. Uh, other journalists had as well. Um, Nibel had also heard about them. Do you remember Nibel? The Twitter, oh, I miss them. Twitter star. Mm. I miss him too. Um, he ended up getting this really like odd tweet from the uh, uh, top brass at Bungie, it was Bungie boss Pete Parsons, who just said it was false. Um, specifically, that Microsoft had been in talks to acquire Bungie multiple times, and that each time the talks have fallen through due to Bungie's price. And yet, here we are seeing that, at the very least, Microsoft was interested in buying Bungie. Um, there was another sort of interesting realization this week as well. I think you guys saw it to do with something Phil Spencer said. I mean, he said quite a lot this week. (laughs) (laughs) Or specifically what he, (laughs) what he said back in 2019 about Sega. Um, (laughs) now you're testing us. Now you're really testing (laughs) us. So much has happened this week, Tom. (laughs) Really on well, he's, he, he was questioned by, I think it was GameSpot back in 2019, um, about persistent rumors that Microsoft is oh, looking into buying a, denied... Western, uh, sorry, a Japanese studio. Is this when he denied being present at any discussion? Uh, do, I, do I get a little, like, ding? Point? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Christmas quiz is redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> clawing it back six months down the line (laughs) yeah Yeah. he said he wasn't in the room i mean not being in the room is not the same as saying no it didn't happen 
Mm, also not the same as I sent some emails to Sonic yeah. saying, would you like to be acquired? I did it all remotely. <laughs> to Sonic specifically. <laughs> to Sonic. <laughs> yeah. He's Dear a bit Sonic. of a prickly customer. <laughs> no, but I'm... Oh, I'm, I'm going to own up to. I'm going to own up to. I, I I stole that from. Um, I've just finished reading Chris Tapsell's Football Manager piece, and he talks about Sega and that. Does he say so. that Sonic's a prickly customer? No, Miles Jacobson, the boss of Sports Interactive, says that. So oh. it was a good line. Very. I'm now focusing too hard on trying to think of a good pun to actually focus on the proper conversation that we're meant to be having. <laughs> Bring me, bring me back, guys. Bring me back. Uh, well, you mentioned Matt Booty uh, saying back in 2019 that Microsoft had to spend Sony out of business. Yes. Microsoft have now said, uh, well, do you remember what Microsoft said now? That, uh, Is now it referring to industry trends or something at the time? It was, it was something to do with the industry trends. Yeah, he Matt Booty never, basically said they never followed through with or something. It, yeah, it was a time and place thing rather than an ongoing big picture. I gather. Right. Um, so how how does that work with Microsoft trying to buy Activision Blizzard now? I mean, it did, sure. I, don't, I don't know. So many of these statements, though. I mean, like we all say things in the past, and then they kind of come back to haunt us x years down the line. I'm sure there are Do a lot they? of things. What are you saying in 2019 that's come back to haunt you? <laughs> I don't know. I we'll told my husband I wanted another child and I've got two. Things like that. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Nothing to do with the gaming industry because I wasn't in it then. Hopefully but... not in a court of law either. Uh, I've not been in a court of law. No. Very, very pleased to say that my, my slate is clean. But no, what I mean is more hypothetically, like, you know, you do say these things and you have these ideas and then, you know, you as a person or you as a company evolve and change and... Um, I mean, people can, especially when things are on the internet. Like, you know, now if you put something out there, it is out there. And quite often you'll see people having to sort of atone for comments or remarks that they have made previously. Hmm. But I do think it was a slightly odd comment that it's like it's industry trends that we never pursued or never followed through with or whatever the exact phrasing was because, well, they they did. They they went they went and tried to go big and are now obviously in this court case for micro, uh, for Activision Blizzard. And King. I always forget about King, but I do think they're the main thing. So. Yeah. Uh, going from going on from that, actually, the email I thought was actually a very human email and a very interesting that behind the curtain this week was the one written by Bethesda marketing chap, Pete Hines. Hmm. Oh, is this when he spoke about them saying, sorry, Sony, Microsoft saying that Call of Duty would be multi-platform and Bethesda saying that that's not what they were told? Yep. Yeah, that felt quite, as someone hypothetically working for Bethesda, I think I would feel a little bit shortchanged if I saw like someone else was having different treatment to me under sort of similar circumstances. Yes. To be clear, you're not hypothetically working for Bethesda or even... Actually, I'm, I'm just working for the Eurogamer. I promise, Tom. <laughs> just you. Um, just in case anyone's listening and wondering, um, you don't have a side hustle for Pete Hines. I don't have the time. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it was 
I don't know. You could absolutely see their point of view on that, that Bethesda have been told, well, you're owned by Microsoft now, so all of your games need to go on Game Pass and you need to preference Xbox. And then I mean it's also it leans into a little bit with um Jim Ryan was saying about how he originally thought obviously the Bethesda, you know, at the time that the Bethesda acquisition was or the Zenimax um acquisition was going through, he was under the impression that the Bethesda games would still be multi-platform because in his words they that's what they had always been. So I I Do you believe that from Jim Ryan? Do you think that he really thought Microsoft would spend seven billion or whatever it was on Bethesda games and he would just get the same access that he always did? Um, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to pass that over to Liv. <laughs> <laughs> or Ed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in the head of uh, Mr. PlayStation. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, Mr. PlayStation. I guess it would probably probably be a bit naive to think that especially looking at like you know the next big game from Bethesda which you know is going to be a big a big hit regardless Mm. it might be a bit naive to say uh they'll probably still put it on on PlayStation but then given that Bethesda clearly from that email did kind of maybe not consider that they might still be multi-platform I don't know that there was definitely sort of not clear communication between the various parties at that point, obviously. I think there's a sort of simplified bottom line of you don't spend that amount of money on a company and not want it to be exclusive. But I also feel like this whole situation is complicating that and making it that it's not as simple as just I buy this company now I own it and everything they do it's well actually is it better business to own them but still release elsewhere and that is really I think muddying the waters and I think Mm. that is the in some way the crux of this court case um the FTC even like a week ahead were saying you know the acquisition of Bethesda and the fact that Bethesda is now exclusive to Microsoft is setting a precedent for what they what Microsoft will then do with Activision Blizzard, and that that's not right, um, and that seems to be the real crux here. Is is should we allow companies to buy each other and be exclusive, or is it okay that they buy each other as long as their games are put everywhere? Hmm. I guess it's interesting to compare what PlayStation has done with its purchases and. Um, it bought Bungie, obviously, and as you would expect, I don't think anyone thought otherwise, Destiny is still available on Xbox. They didn't suddenly rip it off, uh, and there's no sign that Microsoft wants to do that with uh, any existing game on PlayStation. It uh, recently announced Marathon, and that is also on Xbox. Um, And you could make the case that you know, Sony is just has decided to launch what is basically a new. I, I mean, it's not an it's not a new IP, but it's not an update to an existing game that people play these days. Um, and it's going to put it on Xbox as well, so it's looking at things like The Elder Scrolls and saying, "Well, hang on, that's not how we do things too." 
what about what um who owns Minecraft? Like I know it's uh, Mojang, but that's Microsoft owned, isn't it? And that's yes. obviously a multi platform thing. Yeah, Microsoft has always said that there's no they're not gonna take existing games off of platforms where they're out there already. Um there was some discussion, I think it came out this week, about whether Minecraft Legends, the more recent spin-off, would come off would come out on PlayStation as well. Um but they they did. Uh, because that that's a be... franchise that has a big multi platform audience. But then surely that'd be the same argument for Call of Duty. Because it's an existing IP, so it's not like they're making new IPs exclusive. Which I think potentially would make sense if you've acquired a company, but then if it's an existing one with, as you said, like a multi-platform player base, which I suppose is a lot of what Sony's arguments are at the moment as well. I mean, they mentioned them in the uh, the poorly redacted letter from Jim Ryan that just went up on the site earlier today. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was someone's not going to have a very good day at Sony, Someone I don't Someone needs think. a new Sharpie. Yes. Yes. Running out, running out of ink. <laughs> oh dear. What would you use instead? Black tape. Yeah. I would do it on a computer and rather than doing it on a oh, bit yeah. of paper, which you have to scan in using a really, really bright light that clearly shows what's underneath the black ink. Yeah. Yes, that was unfortunate. Sony okay, so... bought um, Haven, the Jade Raven studio, and announced Fair Games, Fair Game Dollar, recently. And I believe that's just for PC and PS5. There's no suggestion that that's on Xbox. Yeah. I guess. I guess what this all comes to then is that if it's an existing game with an existing fan base on multi-platforms, that companies should keep it that way. But if there's a brand new one, like Starfield, they're allowed to make that exclusive. But mm. then what's to stop Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and then just moving the Call of Duty team onto something different? <laughs> what do you do about The Elder Scrolls Six? Which, yes, it's part of uh, an existing franchise and everyone played Skyrim on their PlayStation 3s. And also PlayStation 4s and PlayStation 5s because it gets from everything. (laughs) On everything because it keeps coming out. (laughs) Yeah. But if it's 15 years later, by the time it actually comes out, and it doesn't sound like it's coming out any time in the next five years, you know, does that does that argument still stand up? Has the has the player base moved on by that point? Maybe. (laughs) They've all grown up, had kids and not they don't have time for video games anymore. Yeah, or they've forgotten what they played it on previously because they played it five times on five different platforms. So it doesn't really matter. So surely they played it on Xbox at some point. That's fine. We'll just release it on Xbox. <laughs> Has the whole week's proceedings because okay, so I remember when we've spoken about this before and Tom, you've always asked us, do we want this deal to go through? And I've always kind of been a little bit on the fence to the point of not not really leaning hard one way or the other. Tom, you've always said you wanted to go through. Live and Ed, you've always said you don't want it to go through. Has your perception changed now that we're seeing all of this sort of dirty laundry being aired by both sides and like 
I mean, for, for me personally, I find Phil Spencer the more charismatic of the two. But, but if you go between him and Jim Ryan... Is that because he's wearing a suit now? <laughs> it's the suit that does it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> got that was trick. the biggest news of the week. That was the exactly. biggest news, yeah. He looked, he looked pretty fire. But has this week's, you know, proceedings changed your opinion on whether or not you feel that actually Microsoft deserves to have this because they've done this X, Y, and Z, and Sony's done this? Or do you now feel differently, Tom, because of something Sony said? Do I feel differently? No. They're just, they're companies with far too much money. Um, I've, I've always said that I wanted the deal to go through because I, I, I think that that's the more interesting option. Uh, and certainly its progress as it tries to get completed is a really interesting process to watch play out with people who you never normally get to see with a light shone in their eyes being questioned and documents that are never normally meant to be seen by anyone, but the higher C-suite at a company being put out into the public domain, sometimes by accident with uh, Sharpie on. I, uh, I mean, if you're asking me my feelings on the deal, I mean, I, I, I don't see that Microsoft owning Activision Blizzard is suddenly going to, give it an unassailable lead in cloud gaming more than it has already. And I don't see that it owning Activision Blizzard is going to be worse for people who enjoy Activision Blizzard games or the people who make them. Um, my feelings around it hasn't, haven't really changed. What about you, Ed and Liv? Um, I agree with Tom that it's a very interesting situation uh, and it's it's a really intriguing peek behind the curtain. Um, I think my feeling hasn't changed in terms of I don't I don't think it's necessarily a good thing for big companies to be buying each other. I sort of like the idea of a bit more freedom and less of a monopoly and sort of more competition. But equally, the more we read about it, the more it just seems like pettiness <laughs> yeah <laughs> from from people with too much money a lot and of i sort of don't care as much <laughs> in that i feel like well if they do end up buying them sony clearly have enough exclusives that it's probably not going to bother them call of duty will probably end up being on everything anyway i don't really like the game that much so i'm not bothered about <laughs> where i'm going to play it um so I sort of don't care. And I think it actually probably will go through in the end in some way. And I don't think the FTC will win the court case. But I also feel like that's because their... I, I feel like their argument is an interesting one in terms of the precedence of Bethesda and this whole thing about exclusives. But the deal has been accepted everywhere else, apart from the UK. Mm. But that's because the CMA pinned it on cloud gaming not on exclusives so i sort of feel like well they've gone for a different argument that clearly the rest of the world doesn't think is necessarily a problem so jim ryan didn't seem that fast about cloud gaming earlier in the week he was quite non-committal whenever he was asked about cloud gaming yeah so i feel like there's not enough of a case that i don't think that the ftc will win um so yeah i'm I'm slightly less. I'm I'm intrigued by the situation, but I'm less bothered about the outcome. What about you, Liv? I'm the same. Um, 
it hasn't changed my opinion but it's just kind of at this point I feel like I'm just like grabbing the popcorn and watching you know like two kids in a playground (laughs) fighting (laughs) except these kids are like men in suits with like huge briefcases full of cash (laughs) (laughs) no yeah it's definitely been quite an enlightening week and I'm thrilled to be a games journalist during the storm because it's it's made for some excellent, excellent content. <laughs> yeah, we've got one more day of it to go, haven't we? And then uh, we are expecting to hear a result next week, if everything yeah. goes to plan. And really, that result can uh, probably decide the deal one way or another. If the FTC says it's not happening then i think it's pretty obvious the deal is dead if it says that it is happening i think that microsoft will try and find some way to wriggle around this cma in the uk and it will go ahead and that will that will be it which is i mean it's exciting that this saga is finally coming to a close i think it's going to feel quite like I don't know, do you think we're all going to feel a little bereft when this is all done? We're like, cool, well, that was that. <laughs> that was that year and a bit of well, our lives. <laughs> partly, but then I also feel like if it does go through and it all gets accepted, does that then open the floodgates and suddenly every other company starts wanting to acquire each other and that will give us plenty more stories to write? Oh, wow. And now just picturing like companies flooding into some kind of wrestling match ring, brawling it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then Nintendo will swipe in and buy Embracer or something. I don't think Nintendo will buy anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I think Nintendo's doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, well. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Um, We'll see you next week when maybe the deal will have been decided for good and we can talk about that and exactly what happens next the fallout from it all um yeah cheers if you have listened this far much appreciated um ed where can people find you on twitter you can find me at ed underscore knights and victoria uh i am at little chop shop gal and liv i am at just cast holy and i'm at tom phillips eg thanks again for watching, listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. See you then. Bye. Bye.